0: take a seat. So I uh, remember when I was a child, before I sort of got old enough to stay at home on my own, every single week we'd have to go food shopping uh, with my mum. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably one of the most stressful experiences of her week. But for us as kids, it was really good fun. So I would get, we'd be too big to sit in the trolley, which is probably like a, a, a time in your life as a parent, you're like, oh man, now they're not contained. Um, and so we, we would go around and constantly be like, mom, can we have this? Mom, can we have that? And then as we gradually got older, would, mom would obviously have a shopping list. And, and I would say to mom, uh, mom, can we get something off the shopping list? And um, we would go off and we would go and try and find this particular item that mum had assigned us to go and get at that particular moment. And and I remember, I can't remember what it was, it was bananas or whatever it was that particular time. Uh, But I remember going off to get this particular item, I got the item, and then it was the task of how can I reunite myself with my mum? So I, was, I remember this particular time, I was walking up and down the middle aisle, constantly going like this, couldn't see my mom anywhere. So I walked back up and down a couple of times, started, sort of started to panic, if I'm honest, I started to cry, started to think, I oh, no, I've lost my mom, uh, or my mom's lost me, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, and eventually I end up at the customer service desk for what must be one of the most embarrassing things you can hear as a parent. This is a customer announcement. Please can Linda Cronin come to the customer service desk. And it, then it felt like absolute eternity. I was like, it was probably only like a minute. But I was like, where is she? Where is she? And eventually she comes around the corner. I run up to her. We, we hug. And, and I was like, where are, Where were you? And she was like, where were you? And but in that moment, the, the relief and the, the joy that came upon me that once I felt like I was lost, I was on my own, I was without the security of being with my mum, suddenly it all went because now I was relieved to be reunited with her. As I've been praying about what, what do I preach and what, do, what do, does God want to say to us on this particular moment in this significant moment for us, uh, I, I sense God was saying, right, we want you, I want you to hone in on, on what Heart Church is going to be all about. And um, as I was praying there, uh, I came to, to Luke chapter 15, uh, which is, uh, if you know your Bible, it's relatively well known, some of the parables, uh, which are stories with like a, a significant eternal meaning uh, in them. And uh, the message this morning is called Heart Like Jesus. And we're going to hone in on the kind of church that we are going to be as Heart Church. And so there's three things. Really, uh, I say briefly, that's, just gonna, that's a lie. Shouldn't lie in church. Well, shouldn't lie at all. Um, but there's three things we're going to look at in these moments. So the first one is the heart of Jesus is one where everyone is welcome. At the start of, of Luke chapter 15, it says this. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. A little bit of context of what's going on here. You've got the tax collectors and the sinners. Now I don't know about you, but I'm not always a massive fan when I look at my pay slipper and I see HMRC's name anywhere near it. <laughs> but, and we weren't massive fans of, 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 uh, we're not massive fans of tax collectors now, but they're even worse back then, because they would basically be what, they would be one of your own people, but they would side with the oppressors. So the people of Israel, they were under the oppression of, of, of the Roman Empire. And what you'd do as a tax collector is you'd be working for Rome. And in, in doing so, what you'd do is if, if the emperor said, right, five pounds per head, you would go and take eight pounds because then you would then swipe off the additional amount and then give what you needed to, to the emperor. So not only did you side with the oppressors, you then, uh, went along with the oppressors, oppressed um, your own people. So they were hated, they were outcast people, didn't want really anything to do with tax collectors. And then you've got the sinners. People with probably an interest in past. People who, who, who were according to the customs of the Pharisees and the teacher of the law, were, were outside of God, dishonored God, had broken the law, um, weren't really right with God at all. They would kind of actually be a group that probably most of us would fit into in that day. And then you've got the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Now these guys are like the religious elite. Like they are, they, they so want to honor God with their lives that and they want to follow His law so diligently that not only do they take the law really seriously, but they add another layer to the law to make it even harder to ever potentially get anywhere near breaking the law. But in doing so, they completely lose the heart of what God really wants for His people, which is ultimately about being holy and in a relationship with Him. That they end up actually becoming really judgmental and actually losing. The idea of and losing the real thing that Jesus really wants for people. And so you've got these tax collectors and these sinners who, who are people that most people wouldn't associate with. And then you've got the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the Lord, they see how Jesus is living. They see that he's actually, rather than distancing himself from the tax collectors, rather than distancing himself from the sinners, rather he walks towards them. And he associates with them, even to the point where he doesn't just welcome them, but he eats with them. And eating with people back then was so much more significant than now. I think maybe we've lost something of the significance of eating with people uh, around the table, just spending that quality time with them. And you've got these sinners, these people that not many people would go near, these tax collectors, yet Jesus welcomes them. You know, there are so many things in our lives that we might think count us out from God loving us, that count us out from being welcomed by God. Or maybe if we're honest, we can be a bit like the Pharisees and the teachers of law, and we can see quite a lot of things in other people's lives that we think should count them out from being loved and welcomed by God. But the reality is, Jesus doesn't care, well, not say he does care about your past, but your past does not count you out from a relationship with God. Rather, actually, all the things that you think might count you out are the reason that Jesus' his arms are so wide open to welcome you. And Heart Church is gonna be a place where everyone is welcome. No matter what your past, no matter what your current situation, no matter what your future might hold, everyone is welcome in Heart Church. Now, like with Jesus, Jesus didn't uh, uh, remove his convictions or his beliefs in order to welcome people. And sometimes he confronted people about certain things. Just like at Heart Church, we're not going to betray our convictions and our beliefs around Scripture in order to welcome people. And it doesn't mean anything goes but it does mean no matter what your background, no matter what you faced in your life, no matter the mistakes you might have made, the regrets you might have, you are welcome. You are welcome because we want to have a heart like Jesus. Secondly, we're going to be a church that is lost focused. Let me read you the parable that Jesus told. Jesus told him this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep And loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open countryside and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. Now if you were back then, you would think, Jesus, you've lost the plot. You've got 100 sheep, you're pretty wealthy to an extent, and, and you've got 100 sheep, and don't think sheep shepherding is like what we might see today, a nice field, all hedged off, and, or maybe in a barn, whatever it might look like. Back then, like in the story, it's open countryside, so if you've got 100 sheep and you leave them for one moment, your 100 sheep are going to go wherever they want, because sheep are stupid. And so rather than going, right, I've got, and this is how I, this is how my brain would think. You'd think, well, I've got 100 sheep. That means I've got 400 roast dinners. <laughs> I've lost four because one's gone distant. I've still got 396 to go. I can cope without the four. Instead, he goes, I've got, yes, I might have 99 sheep. But that one is missing, and that one is worth it. And though it might seem reckless, Mars it might seem silly, I'm willing to leave the 99 in the open countryside to go after the one that needs me the most right now. It's like if I had 100,000 pounds. I don't. <laughs> Unless anyone wants to. No. It's like if I had 100,000 pounds. And I realized that I've lost a 1,000 pounds. And I go, right, you know what I'm going to do? I, I, I really want that 1,000 pounds back. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave 900 and... Yeah, no, no, 99... You see why I don't have 100,000 pounds, can't you? <laughs> I'm going to leave 99,000 pounds right in front on on Morecambe Prom. And I'm going to go and look for my 1,000 pounds, expecting that my... <laughs> £99,000 will remain there and leave it vulnerable. But that is the heart of God. That yes, you know, you might be here this morning and you might know Jesus. And I'm so glad that you're here and we would love to welcome you to be part of the Heart Church family. But please know that we will never lose our heart for the people who aren't yet here. We'll never lose our heart for people who are in the sinners and the tax collectors category. We'll never lose our heart for people who need Jesus The most, which is actually all of us. We'll never lose our heart for the people who don't yet know him. See, Jesus himself, he declares his mission in Luke chapter 19 where he says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. The reason that Jesus came was to seek and save the people that were far from him, those who did not know him. See, Jesus came because every single one of us need him. Every single one of us need a relationship with him. We, we need a savior because whether we realize it or not at this moment, we're all actually in the sinner's category. The Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We've all dishonored him. We've all made mistakes. We've all, uh, we know there are times in our lives where we've not lived how we should have. Where we've dishonored and displeased God, whether we'd pull it in that category right now. And the Bible says, because of all those things, we need a Savior. But it doesn't just tell us our need, it tells us the solution. And that's why Jesus came. He came to seek and save the lost. And in doing so, he actually died on a cross so that all those mistakes, all those things that you need forgiveness from, all those things that you might regret in your life, you can have your slate wiped clean. You can be set free. And you can have a relationship with God that starts right now and lasts for eternity. See, this is why we're here as a church. We exist because we want to give the people of Morecambe and beyond repeated opportunities to see, hear, and respond to Jesus. That's why we're here. Now, yes, we'll do stuff to to grow us in our faith and, and all of that kind of things, but all with the purpose of joining in with the mission and the heart of God and seeing his kingdom come increasingly in Morecambe, just as it is in heaven. I mean you might be here right now and you might be going actually I came into this building and I might not have realized it but I am actually lost right now I'm not in relationship with God I'm not right with him I know that my sin my mistakes my the things that have displeased God in my life I've not dealt with them yet with God but I pray and believe that this morning there are going to be people who are going to enter the, who've entered this building lost, but will leave found, because they've entered into a relationship with God. We're going to be a church that welcomes everyone. We're going to be a church that is lost focused. We're also going to be a church that knows how to party. So it goes on to say in verse seven. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents, who seeks forgiveness from God, than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. We're going to be a church that celebrates what God celebrates. We're going to be a church that unapologetically we celebrate when people come to know Jesus Christ because actually we get to mirror what's going on in heaven. So right now, if, if, if you're here and, and you respond to Jesus Christ for the, for the first time today, you know what's going to happen? There's gonna, they're going to be pulling out the, all the stops or a party in heaven just for you. How awesome is that? So we're going to be a church that celebrates what God celebrates. That, that when people come to know Jesus, we're going to celebrate it. We're going to have parties. <laughs> And you might be surprised, not just by a confetti cannon. I'll sweep up later. (laughs) That was louder than I thought it was going to be, to be fair. But it's fun. And we might get surprised that churches want to have fun. We might be surprised that churches want to celebrate things because that might not have been your previous understanding of what church is about. But at heart, church, we want to have fun. Now, we, want to take our, we don't want to take ourselves seriously. We take God seriously. But in doing so, we also want to celebrate everything that he celebrates. And when people come to know Jesus, that's when we're going to celebrate big. Because we know that that is what's going on in heaven. When someone who was once lost is now found. Someone who was once without God is now with him. Someone who was not once dead in their sin is now alive in God. Someone who was bound in their sin is now set free, and they can live free, and then they can seek to bring that freedom to other people. We as a church welcome everyone. We as a church are lost focused. We believe there are many people in our town. We know there are many people in our town that God loves passionately. That he's willing to leave the 99.4 in our town. So we're going to join him with that mission. We're going to join him with his purposes. And we're going to be lost focused. And as we do this, so we're going to have fun. As we do so, we're going to pie because we're going to see people come to know Jesus. We're going to see the lost found. And you might be here right now and actually let's just close our eyes for a moment. As we come into land, I wanna not just talk about being lost focused or having a pie, but I wanna invite you right now. Just in this moment, to maybe you need to come to know Jesus. Maybe as I've shared about the heart of God for for you. That's something that you want to respond to this morning. That you want to enter into a relationship with God for the first time. Or maybe you know you need to come back to him. That maybe you've gone off wondering. But you know, he still loves you. He's still interested in you. He's never stopped being. And so while every eye's closed and every head's bowed, I want to invite you, if you want to respond to Jesus this morning and receive his forgiveness and enter into relationship with him, that while every eye is closed, you might well just raise a hand, not because it's a thank you, is it just so I can pray for you, and, and I want to lead you in a prayer in a moment. Is there anybody else who... Wants to, if it, whether it's for the first time or, or whether it's, it's coming back to God. Thank you. Is there anybody else? I'll, I'll ask one more time. I'm going to keep pressing it. Is there anybody else that wants to come back to Jesus? Thank you. Or come for the first time. Thank you so much. Awesome should have saved the party, Papa, because it's a celebration of a party going on in heaven right now. But in a moment, we're going to celebrate, but let's pray. And maybe you didn't raise your hand, but if you did want to, if you didn't raise your hand, but you, you know in your heart this is something you want to respond to, I encourage you maybe to echo this prayer in your heart right now. Father God, I thank you that you welcome me. In spite of my past, thank you that you love me. But God, I bring my past, my present, and my future to you now. And ask for your forgiveness for the times where I've sinned. And I've dishonored or displeased you. And Lord, I receive your forgiveness this morning. I pray that you will, by your spirit, enable me now to live the rest of my life for you. God, I thank you that whilst I enter this building lost, I'm now found. And now I can enjoy a relationship with you from this moment and for all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.